Hello, listeners, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is Brad Myers, the adult ministries pastor at the church, uh, here to let you know that this week's podcast is a little different than what you've come to get used to. It's it's a little bit longer uh, because I am interviewing the entire uh, staff leadership team of the church with a a special episode on how we're handling COVID-19 as a church. It's a little bit longer, but I would encourage you to take the time to listen through the entire thing and get a sense uh, for where our leadership is at on the decisions they're making related to this current challenging season. We do hope it'll be encouraging to you um, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Bible Church's Midweek in the Word podcast, where we are together seeking to become better readers, hearers, and doers of the Word each week. Hello and welcome to Midweek in the Word. We're glad that you're joining us uh, for another week as we study the Word together. I am Pastor Brad, the Adult Ministries Pastor at Faith Bible Church. And uh, this week, I'm, I'm actually not just joined by Tom, but I am, I am joined by Faith Bible Church's leadership team for a special podcast episode this week. Um, and in case you're new to the church or you're unfamiliar with what I mean by the church's leadership team, the leadership team is the senior directional team at the, at the church. And, and that, with the, the approval of the elders, they, they set the strategic direction for the ministry and they help coordinate all the different ministry ministry events and activities that take place at the church. Um, it's comprised of three staff elders, so they're both on staff, and they also sit on the elder team that directs the church. Um, so let me just introduce those men briefly to you in case you're unfamiliar. Um, the first would be our regular voice on the podcast, Pastor Tom, our preaching pastor. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Tom. Thanks, Brad. It's good to talk to you again today. Uh, The second part of the leadership team um, that oversees the direction of the church with the elders is is a returning guest. And if I'm I'm right, I think this is the third time we've had you on the podcast, uh, Pastor Mike, the Body Life Pastor. That's right. Third time's a charm, I hope. Very nice. Well, I appreciate your willingness to keep coming back uh, and keep joining us for these. I know the the listeners have been encouraged by what you've shared in the past. So, um, and then thirdly, the third member of the senior leadership team at the church um, and a new guest to the podcast is our administrative director, uh, Greg Heiser. Welcome to the podcast for the first time, Greg. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this, Brad. I look forward to the dialogue. And, and I appreciate all of your willingness to take a shot at this. We are in five separate locations doing a, a roundtable seems like the wrong word to use, considering we're all in our own own locations, but doing a bit of a roundtable discussion this morning. Um, and we're stepping away from our regularly scheduled uh, Route 66 related uh, podcast themes of how to interpret the Bible. Um, and we're taking another week, as we've done in the past, uh, to focus in on our COVID-19 situation and, and give a bit of a, a church update on where things stand. Um, gentlemen, this week I've asked the three of you to join me uh, because we will be later this week releasing and mailing out a tentative plan to the church for moving back toward gathering again as a church. Um, listeners, you should be receiving this update via mail over the next few days, and we'll also be including it in Faith News and Body Life, those emails if you subscribe to those. 
Um, gentlemen, this has obviously been a challenging plan to put together, and I have no doubt that our listeners have various opinions and reactions or will once they see it. Um, my hope is that we can discuss a little bit about our motivation and decision-making here on the podcast to give the listeners some insight into why we're making the decisions we're making. And uh, Tom, on April 19th, you took the church through the four major priorities we're, make, we're using to make decisions in a time like this. Uh, they include protecting families, respecting authorities, loving neighbors, and honoring the Lord. Uh, listeners, in case you missed that update from Tom that came out on April 19th, we will be linking that video on both the podcast and the website. So I'd encourage you to take a look back at it if you didn't catch it the first time, as we'll be working through each of those priorities briefly um, in our discussion today. So I'd like to walk through each of these topics, gentlemen, in, in much the same way as, as Tom uses the bullseye illustration to talk about theological topics. We'll, we'll take a look at the biblical guidelines that frame the subject, and then we'll talk about how our church is opting to move in light of them and wrap up with what areas are, are really fall under Christian liberty and, and places that people in our church likely don't agree on exactly the, the, the way they ought to approach each of these priorities. So, so with that all being said, as a, as a bit of a long introduction, um, but hopefully helpful to our listeners framing up the discussion um, and setting the stage for this, uh, Tom, if you'd be willing to kick us off with our first priority, the first priority you mentioned um, a few weeks ago on April 19th was protecting families. What do we mean by protecting families as a priority in this season? Well, you know, we, we, we take that from the biblical theme of what it means to be a shepherd. And uh, so Shepherdology 101 is uh, you both protect and provide for those under your care. In this case, we're talking about the physical protection, first of all, quite honestly. Usually mm. elders protecting means to protect them from false doctrine, false teaching and influences. But we, I think, have a, a literal physical responsibility in light of uh, this uh, virus thing to see to it that in physical ways, those that we shepherd are protected. Yeah, very good. So obviously this is the practical concern that is on a lot of people's minds, just the physical protection of people. Um, but what sort of biblical guidelines could direct us on this, help us frame this priority biblically? Yeah, I, th I think that uh, Romans 12, uh, 3 and uh, 5 were the verses that really hit me. It's, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself than he ought. And mm -hmm. in verse 5, it says, let love be genuine. So I think it's a, just a, a practical manifestation of what it means to care for those that God has put in your life and under your uh, oversight, your care, concern. I think that's helpful for people. And I love the way you framed that because it's not just protecting our families. We tend to think of, you know, you mentioned the isolationism and things like that in the first, uh, when you introduce these concepts, yeah. we tend to think that way. But there's also a, what are the implications of protecting other families in the church through yeah. my actions as well? And I think, I think that's a helpful priority set. Um, now yeah. let me pivot here just a little bit and move over to you, Greg. Um, practically, in light of this priority to protect our families in the church, um, both our own individuals and others, what are some of the practical implications for our church in particular and how we're moving forward on this theme? Well, I think, Brad, uh, I really appreciated Tom's comment that uh, 
uh, it remains a, a, a top priority to protect the spiritual uh, aspects of our body, the doctrinal uh, purity uh, to remain intact. And there are so many attacks on that right now from outside the church and in society. So that's, even though we're talking about uh, a physical risk primarily right now, that that uh, that is important that we, we remain very very vigilant about uh, the, the potential attacks on the spiritual well-being of the body. But under COVID-19, we are dealing with essentially unprecedented physical risks, risks that we don't even truly understand. And there's a, mm. a tremendous uh, variety of, of, of opinions as to uh, the, the nature of the risk and the severity of the risk and the duration of the risk and the long-term implications of the risk. So um, it, it's been it's been a, a challenge to work through all of that. Focusing on the physical aspect that Tom referenced, he's, he's exactly right. We do feel that we have an obligation, especially as we gather together to take appropriate precautions to make sure that our people are protected and as safe as they can be uh, from this risk that, again, we're still trying to sort it out. Now, physically protecting the body is not something that's new to the leadership of the church. We we spend a lot of time looking at at, at, at site security, at fire protection, uh, and and at health and safety uh, risks that that uh, present themselves at the church. So that's not new. The problem in this case is we are not totally uh, familiar with the nature of our of our foe in this case, the COVID nineteen. Uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like, um, but we will continue to uh, to work through this as as the various sources of information provide us uh, with new insights. Uh, we will certainly incorporate those things into our plan, and uh, in the meantime, we have to trust that the Lord is leading us through through this in a way where uh, His purposes are served and His uh, His plan for our development and growth as a church are are honored. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good comment, Greg. And I, you know, I particularly appreciate uh, what I what I know your heart is on this subject, recognizing that other churches may handle things slightly differently than we do. And we're not out to to judge them for what they're doing, but we're trying to make uh, the right calls practically for our unique situation in our church. Um, and I know I know that's your heart and where you're coming from on it. So I appreciate that thought. Uh, now, finally, let's let's shift over to Mike. Um, and Mike, we recognize that protecting our families um, is something that people have different takes on in our body. Uh, I know even on our staff and the discussions we've talked about and in our community. Um, so what is the room then for seeing this differently on an individual basis? Well, you know, Brad, I really appreciate the question because um, each of us as either heads of homes or if we're single, we, we have decisions to make that not only protect those under our care or within our household, but obviously you know, any of those that um, may be friends or family members. You guys mentioned earlier when we first got started on this, it's, it's not just a, about our individual families. Um, I have a tendency uh, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, and especially now with the COVID-19, there's so many voices out there uh, telling us what's right, what's wrong, you need to do this, you need to do that. And um, so there's a tendency for some anxiety to come along with it, I think. Hmm. But I, I think what I've really appreciated is the reminder that we have an opportunity to 
um, be a testimony to those around us, not only within our homes, but with, you know, our neighbors. We'll talk about that later and within the greater community. So, you know, what, what struck me, I was thinking, when I was, I was thinking about this, I was reading through Philippians and Philippians chapter two is a text that's commonly known to many of us. And that's a section that talks about being like Christ. And as, as Paul's talking to the Philippians, he says to make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, mm-hmm intent on one purpose, you know, and that one purpose is ultimately to glorify God through our actions and through our attitudes. So so to do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regarding one another is more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out Mm. for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And so we have the opportunity, I do in my home, is to think about this, not only specifically for Jeanette and I, as well as our, our extended family with our children, our grandchildren, but all the families out there, because each of us need to and have the responsibility by God to care for our own homes, protect those within our homes. But, but always, I hope and I pray that I do, having an attitude um, that would be more like Christ and be more reflective of who he is and what he demonstrated to us, um, not to be selfish, to be willing to listen to others, you know, to, to humble myself and care about others. And, and that can be a challenge, but I think it's something that gives us an opportunity to be a testimony to what it is that we believe in and in our, our testimony and our love for Christ. Yeah, I think that's an excellent reminder uh, for each of us. I know it is for myself. I know on a subject like this, it's so easy to assume that everybody else in the church or everybody else in the community is looking at things in exactly the same perspective that we have. Um, and we recognize that people are in different places on this, you know, protecting families for some, uh, there seems to be very little risk for others. There's a tremendous risk and we're coming from different places, but I, I appreciate so much your thoughts there as far as trying to seek to honor and to respect each other, um, to seek others' interests, uh, before our own. Uh, so that's, that's kind of this subject of protecting families. Any final thoughts or additional, um, comments on this subject guys, before we move on to the next one? I think that it's honest to say that this has probably been the area we've struggled the most in uh, together. Mm-hmm. Just how, how do we how do we protect the health of those? And uh, uh, as Greg said, a lot of work is being done to make certain when we do gather again, we've done everything we can uh, to provide for that. So it's not a not a responsibility that is taken lightly for sure. Mm-hmm. Good reminder. Well, we appreciate all the effort you guys have put into it and your different perspectives and what you bring to that discussion. Now let's switch subjects to the second priority. Um, and this is one that, again, likely there's various opinions on and differences of, of opinion on how we should exactly do this. But but that subject is respecting authorities. So, so Tom, could you introduce this again for us? What do we mean by respecting authority? Well, we, we take that principle from Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. Those that exist have been instituted by God. And, and he goes on to say that he gives them for our good, for our protection, to reward those who do right and to punish those who do wrong. Uh, so it really uh, starting all the way up with our president, then our governor, our mayor, even the elders in our church were asking the Lord to give us wisdom and direction through those that he has placed in those positions, knowing that right now there's a, there's a bit of pushback, thinking that somehow those governing authorities are trying to eliminate the vitality of the church or the assembly of the church. But uh, we, we're trying to be consistent and apply Romans 13. 
And uh, you've, you've already touched on it, that this subject that, that maybe people disagree with the approach our, our president, our governor, our mayor, our, or even the elders are taking on a particular subject. Um, and so we recognize there's some different perspectives on this, but what, what clear biblical guidelines um, frame whatever perspective we come at this from um, in a way that could help us think more biblically about this subject? Well, when the apostles were threatened uh, for uh, preaching the gospel and healing in Jesus' name, they, they said, uh, uh, rather it's right for us to obey man rather than God, you decide, but we, can't con- we cannot discontinue speaking in his name. So I think the guideline is really if, if they are not preventing us from preaching the word and loving people for Jesus' sake, sharing the good news, that we need to yield to that um, rather than... Uh, just immediately assume that we're in a battle, in a conflict, and we have to dissent for that. So I think the biblical principles of, of dissent uh, to governing authorities is weighed in here. Hmm. So is is it fair to say that that essentially what we what we see in Scripture tries to to frame Christians in such a light where we comply as far as we feel like we possibly can with authorities until they call us to either do something Scripture says not to or not do something scripture says to do. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I think that's consistent. In fact, Paul wrote to the church in Rome while they were living under Caesar's heavy thumb and and even the, the, the torture of Nero. And even then he said that God placed them in authority, so respect them and submit to them. Hmm. Yeah, both both frightening and challenging to, to remember the leaders that were in place uh, when a lot of the New Testament epistles were written on those subjects. Uh, well, I, I think that's helpful to think through how do we frame up whatever perspective we come to, how do we frame it up biblically? Now let's let's shift over to you again, Greg, and and practically, what are the implications for the way our church specifically has chosen to proceed in light of this priority of respect for authority? Well, it's been really obvious from the onset of the COVID-19 uh, problem that uh, there there isn't a, a clear alignment across all the governing authorities. So, mm. uh, we, we certainly respect President Trump. We respect the words of Governor Ricketts. We present, we, uh, we respect uh, the thoughts from Mayor Baird. But at times they've differed significantly. And, and so to, to navigate through that and say, okay, what is the intent here? What is the hope? Uh, we look at it from the uh, the liberties and freedom side. We look at it from the health side. We look at it from the economic side, and and we try we're trying to find that balance. And I think you summed it up really well, Brad. We have those other three priorities: the uh, the protecting families, the loving neighbors, and honoring the Lord. And I I think you summed it up well when you said that within the limits of 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 those uh, expectations that are being set by our authorities. We need to continue to pursue those things. And to this point in time, I don't think there's been a lot of times when we've been in direct conflict with those three priorities and the direction of the authorities. But it's something that we're on guard uh, about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we are certainly, uh, first of all, working to be the church, uh, to be faith Bible church, to be, uh, be ministering to those people who, who, who worship with us, who call us their church home. Uh, that is a high priority, and we're going to try to do that uh, to the extent that we possibly can within those uh, those restrictions and guidelines that that our, our, our authorities are putting out. But it, it's been a challenge. 
as 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 thought has changed, as direction has changed, as priorities have changed in society in general. And uh, so please, uh, I would ask that the body um, continue to pray with us uh, about mm-hmm. a clear leading in that. And as we lay out uh, uh, a plan for reconvening the gathering and reopening our doors, um, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of differing opinion on that, both from our governing authorities, uh, from our healthcare professionals that uh, that advise us, and from within the body. And uh, through all of that, I think we need to pray that we go about it in a way that uh, that uh, where we're encouraging each other, where we're glorifying God in the way we relate to each other through all of these decision points. And at the end of the day, um, God has this, and. Uh, um, at the end of the day, he is our ultimate authority in all of this. But along the way, um, we need to make some decisions. And, and we just ask that uh, folks would lift us up, for, that we would have a appropriate discernment and an appropriate understanding that we would make the decisions uh, that comply with those authorities and still uh, allow us to be the church. Hmm. Very good. Uh, and, and, and Greg brought up this subject of, of recognizing um, the differences of opinions on this particular subject, the difference of authorities and kind of telling us different things, um, the recommendations idea as opposed to regulations, all of that kind of thing. So, so Mike, what, what room is there in this subject uh, for seeing things differently? Because we know that our body is going to have different perspectives on this. Well, you know, I'm, I'm convinced you're giving me the toughest question. <laughs> I, I did that on purpose, Mike. I'll tell you. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I, I appreciated what Tom had said earlier. Um, you know, unless the the authorities that that God has placed over us are asking us to do something that'd be contrary to what we know to be the truth in God's word, I think we have a responsibility to to submit to that. You know, Tom and Greg both made that really clear. But I had to personally, and Jeanette and I've talked about this when. Paul wrote to Timothy, he was telling him in chapter two, you know, he was urging Timothy and others to pray, you know, pray mm. for the kings and all who are in, in authority over us so that you may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I think verse three and verse four are really key to this. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, I think pretty much that's an evangelistic prayer that we can have by showing others and, you know, specifically within our homes, um, we have an opportunity to um, demonstrate and reflect um, the love that God has for not only his people, but um, for us to be instruments in his hands to share the gospel. And and I know it may seem, um, sound simple. It it really isn't. I recognize that. But each of our actions, each of the, the things that we say and the way we talk about our governing authorities and including our elders, it's an opportunity to be a testimony of God's goodness mm. to us. And God put them um, over us for a reason. Um, and I would say too, I, I was struck by, I was reading um, in Ephesians chapter six, I think, how do you teach your children this? I'm kind of making a little bit of a direction change, but you know, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Well, each of us that have had children or grandchildren or have cared for children, you know, we're, we're always talking to them about obeying and, and it's right. And God obviously calls us to do that. Um, but what a testimony for us, for our children and for those who are around us, if, if um, what we're asking others to do um, that we do ourselves. 
hmm. that we, we set a model and we set an example for that. And ultimately, the scriptures teach that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. So at the end of the day, our confidence and our trust, while we respect those in authority over us, ultimately, we, we trust the Lord, um, knowing that um, the heart of the king is in his hand and the Lord can direct it uh, as he sees fit for his glory. That's a good reminder, Mike. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that 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 topic um, of what are, what are we showing uh, to the to a world or to our kids. I know Jenna and I had a conversation the other day, and I said um, it brings up the whole concept of of the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. You know, because my three year old uh, obeys the letter of the law, but I know very well he's not obeying the spirit of the law at times. And and I I looked at her and I said, man, I I'm just impressed by. Um, what if what if I'm behaving the same way in response to those that God has called me to submit to? Um, it's a challenging subject to try and figure out how to how to respond to, um, but a but a good reminder. I appreciate your thoughts there. Um, any additional or final comments on this subject in particular, guys? No, I th- I think that we <laughs> I think we revealed the tension that is there. I really appreciate Greg pointing out that we've had a hard time figuring out what the consistent theme from the authorities is, but uh, we're committed to discerning it and for God's purposes and glory to submit to it. Good deal, guys. Well, thank you for your thoughts on this subject. Um, Now I want to move on to our third subject. Um, It's it's listed as loving neighbors, which hopefully isn't an unfamiliar or new concept to most of our listeners. This priority uh, rings throughout scripture. Um, but Tom, could you introduce this subject and, and say what we mean by loving neighbors specific to this situation? Well, Jesus, when asked what the great commandment was, as everyone knows, said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and your neighbors yourself. And uh, so that that's the guiding principle, Matthew 22 and Mark 12. But uh, then he illustrated it with the Good Samaritan. And really, mm. and in response to the question, you know, who's my neighbor? He tells a story which makes you ask the question, what kind of neighbor am I? So uh, what what people see in us is important because uh, do they see us loving, serving ourselves? Are we the religious leaders that go to the other side of the road to avoid uh, exposure and contamination? Or do we go out of our way, inconvenience ourselves, take the risk and really care and meet their need? Hmm. Yeah, that self-sacrificial love that obviously God exemplifies first, and we're called to follow Christ in that. Um, what clear biblical guidelines? You've already spoken to it a bit, uh, but is there anything additional that would guide us biblically on the subject? Well, I, I really think it, it, if you take Matthew 5, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they will hmm. see your good works and glorify your So I, I, we hate to say that, but it really does matter what the world around us thinks about us in this area. So, uh, you know, we've, we've cleared our parking lot. We're, we're closed our building. We've, we've done things, not because we, by law, couldn't go ahead and do that, but we wanted the people that live around our church to say they are, they're concerned about our health and, 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 our, and the implications for us. Uh, we hope that that's how it comes across. Yeah, sure. And the first point you obviously spoke to looking at others, thinking about the other families in the church and protecting them, um, but loving others, thinking outside of the church. What is what is the impression we're giving a community about whether or not we love them in this season? Um, okay, so let's, let's move back to you then, Greg. Um, what about practical implications? How is our church 
choosing to proceed practically in light of this priority for loving others? Well, I think this is an area that's just so exciting, and it's such a such a testimony to the way God works through through Faith Bible Church uh, in in a really really tough time. Um, you know, the 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 number of of, of things that have been done for people from within our body, the brothers and sisters who, who have needs within the body. It's just a day in day out thing. And Mike uh, and, and the, and the benevolent team and, and so many others are stepping forward every day and, and meeting needs, whether that's delivering groceries or whether that's giving someone help to get to an appointment. Uh, there's just so many things that are going on within the body at the same time, um, outside the walls uh, or outside of the, of the body itself, in the neighborhoods, uh, literally next door neighbors. And as we're, we're confined more to home than maybe any of us would, would like to be, uh, I'm finding the opportunity to develop relationships with people who, who we typically pass with a, with a wave and an honest smile. Mm. All of a sudden, we've mm. got the opportunities to share in ways that maybe in the past we didn't take the time to do. And I think God has, uh, has created these opportunities for us to be lights in our neighborhood. And I also think uh, I, I have a family member who ministers to uh, uh, folks who are in a, a very disadvantaged situation in, uh, in a city. And, and you know, her, her uh, stories of people who don't, don't speak English as their primary language or are not familiar with the, uh, uh, with the ways to take advantage of the programs that are being made available to people. Um, this is also an opportunity for us to step out maybe. And, and uh, while we have the time uh, to step out and minister to some folks who we might not normally even think about. So um, this is a neat, neat time from that perspective, Brad, as hard as it is, as troubling as it is, um, it's still an opportunity to minister, to be lights in our neighborhood and uh, I just, I, I just think we need to continue to seek those opportunities every day because um, God's given us now a, a chance to share Christ in ways that maybe we never had before, and, and meeting those physical needs and opening those doors. Um, you know, this, this is an unprecedented time. Hmm. Well, now let's let's explore that a little bit more, Mike. Um, how how is our body? do you think uh, seeing this differently, how, how might be the different opportunities and the different approaches um, that our body could take to this subject of loving others? Well, you know, Greg highlighted it a little bit. I, I think it's been, for me, it's been exciting. We've, um, this sounds kind of bad a little bit, I think, as I, as I think about it, I've had to turn people away who are contacting me because they want to do something to help help others within the body, um, help others in, um, that attend Faith Bible Church specifically. But it's been it's also been fun because to be able to help them think through and talk about um, where they live, you know, their particular community and their neighbors around them, or if they're sometimes at home with, with multiple family members. But it, it's a reminder. Um, it's been a great reminder and a discussion on how to do that. And what does it look like to love your neighbors? Um, and care for them. You know, Jesus spoke to his disciples in, in John 13, but he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But then he goes on a key verse, I think in verse 35, by this, 
By this kind of love, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So just by reaching out and, and loving our neighbors and um, like Greg said, having conversations with them that we've never necessarily had before. Um, and you, for me, I've had to catch myself and, and try to encourage others. Um, Paul writing the Philippians to do nothing, uh, to do all things without grumbling or disputing, you know, to, to make sure that I have a heart check and an attitude check as I'm speaking with my neighbors. Because Paul goes on to say that, and I, I believe this is true, that we live in a in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom we are to appear as lights. So Tom mm -hmm. highlighted Matthew 5, where we are lights in the world. This also is, as Paul's writing here to the Philippian church, we have an opportunity to represent Christ. And I know I've touched on this earlier in this podcast, but um, he says it directly. We are lights in the world. So by loving our neighbors, by being willing to think beyond ourselves and how we can minister and meet the needs of others gives us a great opportunity again to share the gospel. Mm, it's a good reminder. It's almost a uniquely open door in our current season. I know I, you know, maybe probably just because I'm the adult ministries pastor, I'm so aware of of what's taking place in small groups and people meeting needs and groups coming together to meet needs for those outside of the groups. And, and I know those types of things are taking place all across our church, people with a desire to meet needs and to love others. Um, so I, I can just say to our listeners how how encouraged we have been uh, by the incredible response, both financially and practically, uh, that we've seen of you owning this priority. Um, and we're just thrilled to see what God does for the sake of the gospel through this long term. Uh, final thoughts on this subject. Uh, guys, anything lastly to add to it? Well, I, I with, with, without you know putting our works before men, I just think that Pastor Mike led... Uh, in, a, in an opportunity to minister to some uh, first-line, front-line responders in the Bryan Hospital situation and just providing meals. But uh, with that, a word a word of encouragement, letting them know that we appreciate them and stand with them. And uh, I think those kinds of things, um, you know, the greater church made that possible because of their faithful uh, worship giving. But uh, to put shoe leather on it, uh, God opened up a door with some of our own people uh, there that allows us to minister that way. So, yeah, it, it, we want to continue to look for those opportunities and, uh, and and honor the Lord with them. Amen. No doubt about that. Um, okay, so let's move on to our fourth and final subject. Um, we have honoring the Lord was the fourth priority you mentioned a few weeks back, Tom. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it, what really matters when all is said and done is, is what is God's reputation through us through this time? And you just think about 1 Corinthians you know, 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, giving no offense either to Jews or the Gentiles. In Ephesians chapter 3, you know, again, he, he says that to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. So uh, what it means basically is, is how does our response reflect on the reputation of our God? Hmm. Which is obviously one of our major priorities as a church, um, glorifying God in all things through our reaching, through our maturing, through our equipping of his saints, ultimately for his glory. So this really rings true uh, with our purpose statement as a church and for why we exist. 
Um, you've already mentioned some biblical passages that inform this, but are there other biblical guidelines that would help direct us on this subject? Well, I have one in particular, and uh, Hertzler's always stealing my best lines, and he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, I too was thinking about Philippians 2, 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And, and mm-hmm. so, so again, it's, we as Christians need to be very careful how we speak of those in authority over us. Uh, respect is not what you say when they're present, it's what you say about them when they're not. And uh, so, again, I think honoring the Lord, what is God's reputation through us when people listen to us talk about the circumstances we're in? Mm, can't help but be reminded of that ambassadors theme that yeah. Paul uses in First Corinthians, that as ambassadors, what people see of us, they imply is, is true of God. And so yeah. we represent him to a watching world. Yeah. Yeah. If we're grumbling, yeah. murmuring, complaining all the time, that, that doesn't reflect well on God's character at all. Hmm. Good challenge. Um, Greg, let's move back to you then. Um, Practically, what are the implications of honoring God for how we're leading the church and where we're choosing to move forward in this area? Well, I think uh, from a personal perspective, this has been an opportunity for me to really assess uh, my level of trust in the Lord. Um, Mm. He he is God. Uh, I was in Psalm 33 this week. Verse 8 says, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him and and again to 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 just recall that god has been there from the beginning he'll be there forever and he's there now and and he sees all of this um none of this is a surprise um that in itself gives us a, a, an opportunity to demonstrate confidence and peace as we as we move through this uh, and, and, and we're charged with being content in spite of our circumstances. We should never be surprised when we're challenged. Uh, but it, every time we are challenged, and, and COVID-19 is certainly a unique challenge, but it does give us an opportunity to demonstrate our trust in the Lord. Um, Psalm 90, where it says the length of our days is 70 years, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow. Nothing... Mm-hmm going on now is uh should be a shock we we are all going to face these things this one may be global it may be bigger than things that we would normally deal with it may have implications that are going to affect how we how we live and work together for for a long time into the future but even through all that the opportunities to uh um, to learn what god would teach us to develop skills to develop ministry opportunities um, through this time, uh, that's really, really exciting. And we just, we look forward to, to resuming the gathering of the saints and, and the power that goes with, with gathering together and praising God together and testifying together and encouraging each other. Uh, but I think when we regather, we'll find that, uh, that we have a new and a deeper perspective, perhaps, on what it means to honor God and to serve Him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in, in tough times with people that are dealing with difficult, very, very, very difficult situations. Yeah, much like standing before a thunderstorm and marveling at God's power, um, this season of disease is, is such a good reminder of God's sovereignty and the fact that he controls everything, and we should glorify him for that. Uh, that's a good reminder. Thank you, Greg. 
Um, now, Mike, I, I expect on this particular subject, there's not as much maybe disagreement or differing of perspectives on what it means on the part of our body. Um, but there's probably differences on on how to apply this or how to put this into practice. Um, so where do you see there being differences of opinion or what room is there for seeing it differently in this subject? Oh, boy, again, a great question. Um, I think, it, you know, for me, it, it comes back to understanding. It, it goes all the way back to Genesis when I think about it. When, as God created um, the heavens and the earth, as God created the, the world, the universe, and he created Adam and Eve, he created man, you know, he did so for his glory. Um, from the beginning. And obviously, because when sin entered the world, we all of a sudden saw a distortion of what God's original plan was for us. But I was struck uh, by reading Isaiah 43, um, verse 7, very short, simple verse, but it says, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. You know, I, I, I think it's good for us to remind ourselves when, as, as Tom highlighted again, when we have the um, maybe moving our, our thoughts and our hearts with some anxiety to grumbling and to not wanting to honor those who are in authority over us, um, you know, respecting, respecting that authority. I think we, we need to remind ourselves again that this is not about me. We talked about that, you know, Paul, when we were there in Philippians. Um, do an attitude check. Um, Am I being selfish? Is my desire for myself and not to love others? And, and most importantly, uh, as has been highlighted, we have been created for God's glory. So to, to remind myself that, that my purpose here on earth is to be a testimony, a witness of, of God's amazing grace and his glory. And what we do is for him and for him alone, ultimately. But he has chosen uniquely and, and taken us through this time. Brad, you highlighted 2 Corinthians 5. We are called by God to represent him, to bring a word of reconciliation, to be his witnesses for the, go for the gospel. And in doing so, I pray that our actions, that our attitudes, um, that what we do, we, we do a heart check and make sure that we are doing everything for his glory, because that's what he created us for. Mm. So that's a great way to, to wrap up that discussion, in my opinion. I appreciate your thoughts there, there Mike. Um, and, and with that, that's, that's the four points that we've highlighted. Um, protecting families, respecting authorities, loving neighbors, and honoring the Lord. Um, our hope as leaders is that this discussion will be encouraging to you as listeners, will be helpful, that it will help you frame up these subjects and how to respond to COVID-19 in this this challenging, ever-moving situation that we find ourselves. We recognize that a lot of you will look at these priorities and maybe have differences of opinion on them, um, that for some it'll look differently than for others. You know, some will be really eager to get back to worshiping together with the body, and, and rightly so. Um, and some will have more, more restraint on doing that, either thinking of others or thinking of their families and things like this. And so we want to encourage you to, to frame up the decisions you make biblically through some of the passages that the leadership team has talked about here this morning, but also recognize and give a lot of grace for others in some of those outside areas that there are differences of opinion on to, to come at things from a slightly different perspective, especially as we start coming Coming back together in a limited capacity as a church, there's the potential for differences of opinion on the right things to do and the way our church should be moving. And we would just ask that you be praying for the leadership of the church, 
that you be considering things through a biblical lens, and that you be giving grace to those who don't see things the same way you do. Again, is that passage we've talked about, seeking others more highly than yourself. Um, so we hope that's an encouragement to you. We do hope that this discussion on these four subjects has, has given you a bit of a window into the decision-making and the thought process of our leaders as we're seeking to uphold these four priorities. Um, and hopefully it's helpful to you personally as you continue to try and walk through and navigate this challenging season uh, for yourself and for your engagement um, in the community. So with that, I just want to thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. We're glad uh, that you were willing to stick around and, and listen through uh, what the leadership team was willing to share. Uh, we do want to remind you uh, that this week, if you're reading in the weekly readings along with Tom's sermons for Route 66, even though we didn't have time to prep you for the person and work of David, uh, Pastor Tom will be talking about David on Sunday. He'll be in 1 Samuel 16 and 17 and in 2 Samuel 23. If you're doing those readings, we'd encourage you to read those ahead of time. Um, and then just keep in mind that all of this is an ongoing discussion. The practical applications of what our church is opting to do in different seasons depends on updated information, depends on prayer and discussion about how these priorities relate to one another. So we do ask that you be praying for the leadership of the church and that as things continue to change, as we know they will, um, that you will make effort effort to keep yourself appraised of those changes and, and again, have grace towards, towards both the leadership and others in the church as they try and do those things. Uh, know that in this challenging season, uh, the leadership team and the elders are praying for you, and we hope you join us again next week as we continue our discussion on Route 66. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As you're reading this week, be encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth.